When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bootleg Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Coleman, here with my wonderful co-host in person, EJ Snyder. We are both still out in Vegas covering the Shrine Bowl. It is Shrine Bowl game day later tonight. It's over on NBC in primetime. We're going to be down on the field uh, covering that game, You know, watching these guys in person in live game action, which we didn't get in the last practice because it was all shells and walkthroughs. Four practices in, it's kind of what you expect. But today is all about Senior Bowl uh, because we have a whole lot of tape that we went over from not just games for these guys, but the first two days of practice. We're probably not going to get to see anything from the third day because they moved it inside due to inclement weather, which is not unheard of down in Mobile. It's happened like two of the last three years where where media kind of gets kicked out of <laughs> of the last practice for whatever reason. Um but yeah, so I, I think just the fact that we have the tape is is good enough. We can cover uh, Senior Bowl from here, and we've learned a lot this week, especially in the one-on-ones. We've seen some quarterbacks throw in rough, rainy weather yesterday, learned a lot from that. So yeah, before we dive in, how are you feeling about the Senior Bowl class? It's loaded. This class has a ton of talent at a lot of positions, a lot of important positions to the league. We'll talk about a bunch of those today, but it's great. It's a great event. It's really fun to see the top guys in the nation go at it one-on-one, win a rep, come back, lose a rep, come back the next day, get a little revenge. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of that, but a lot of good players down in Mobile. A little bit of a bummer about the conditions. Yesterday was pretty rainy. Again, today's inside. A lot less people are going to get to see that practice in person. We'll get to see the tape. Um, but yeah, lots to be learned and tons of players to talk about. Yeah. So we're not going to be doing like the three and three, four and four kind of format. Cause there's just, <laughs> there's too many guys. We tried. There's too many. And our list got really long. So yeah. we're just going to talk about guys at positions that interest us. Uh, so why don't we start with quarterback since that's the headliner for, uh, for the senior bowl class, uh, Malik Willis, unsurprisingly to you and me. Uh, has has been kind of the standout in the first two days, probably uh, because of the weather, to be honest. And this is not that dissimilar to, you know, when we were mobile a couple of years ago and we would see Justin Herbert throw the ball in 30-degree, windy, wet weather. And then we saw Anthony Gordon throw the ball <laughs> one rep later. And, and you could really see the difference in the arm. It's kind of the same thing with Mick, uh, Malik Willis this year, where, again, driving rain, Wind, cold, all that kind of stuff. Had no problem with the weather. He's got an absolute cannon for an arm. 
And in day one, I mean, there were some reps where he was late. Like, he was hitching late on a speed out, which is a quarterback's worst nightmare because that's going to get picked off 90% of the time. He has such a good arm that he was still getting it there on time, on target, not even in rhythm, but still on time. Special, special arm. And uh, if anything, I think the, the bad weather at the Senior Bowl, he's one of the only players that have benefited from that. Yeah, and it's really about that, putting him back-to-back with the other top quarterbacks in the class and saying, okay, when he throws the ball, what does it look like? Okay, when he throws the ball, what does it look like? And Malik Willis has largely stood out on the physical tools. He did clean up his game from day one to day two. Um, Day one, uh, lots of our friends down in Mobile said uh, things like he had the five best throws and he had the five worst throws. The arm was there, but the accuracy was fairly scattershot. He cleaned that up a little bit in day two and was able to continue to drive the ball in bad conditions. That sort of further opened the gap just on tools alone. And you brought up the great point that the league is willing to gamble on tools now because you need it at quarterback. If you're going to go up against hyper-talented quarterbacks, the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomes and the Justin Herberts of the world, you need one, right? You need a guy who can make a difference on his own. And Malik Willis is showing out in the Senior Bowl this year that he's the guy that has those tools, I would say sort of far and above the other guys. It's not that the other guys aren't good quarterbacks or they won't get drafted. They will, and they will contribute. But they're not, they don't have that sort of special tag on physical traits. And the league is more willing to gamble on those than they used to be. I mean, it's the Trey Lance versus Mac Jones argument that we had from last year all over again. You know, Trey Lance, not a whole lot of experience, you know, a little bit of a scatter shot on deep balls when he was at North Dakota State, but incredible arm, incredible mobility, you know, <laughs> really dangerous as a, as a runner on, like, designed runs. Um, and you, you put that up against Mac, who was hyper-efficient, very accurate, you know, functional mobility within the pocket, but you're not really going to be getting him involved in the run game. And it, it was tools versus efficiency. It's the same argument we're going to have every single year with these quarterback prospects, tools versus efficiency. Sometimes it's going to work in the favor of efficiency. Sometimes it's going to work in the favor of tools. It really just depends on where these guys go. So when it comes to Malik Willis, you and I, I think, are, are probably in lockstep that we, we don't want him to go somewhere where he's going to have to play immediately. Mm-hmm. We'd rather he goes somewhere where... You know, maybe he gets to to sit for a year or two, uh, you know, develop, kind of get completely rewired. Because let's be honest, the offensive line he was playing back, uh, playing behind at Liberty, instilled a lot of bad habits in him. <laughs> so he does need to go somewhere and kind of get rewired. Um, but if he goes to that kind of program, I think he could be really, really exceptional. Yeah, you know who's making eyes at him all day yesterday in the wet weather from the sideline. And he gets credit for that. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin was locked on Malik Willis yesterday, and with good reason. Mike Tomlin's team is a team without a quarterback. They really don't have anybody in the barn or coming up in their system that is a legitimate shot to be a starter and and win close games for them. They need somebody with physical talent to replace Big Ben after all these years. And Mike Tomlin was hawk-locked on Malik Willis yesterday. And... Uh, it'll be really interesting to see. And if he goes to Pittsburgh, he'll play early. He'll have to. But he does have really good receivers there, which makes me a little bit more confident. Um, you know, if he was going to a place ready to play early and he didn't have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, you know, Pat Fryermuth, yeah. Najee. Like, if he didn't have all that, I'd be like, I don't know. But. Yeah, a less well, well-developed team or well-developed structure would worry me more as well. Um, but interesting to see where he's going to go, but he's 
largely viewed as the most talented physically um, in this quarterback group. Yeah. Uh, when we talk about running back, keeping the backfield, uh, speaking of talent, Zaquandre White from South Carolina is he's one of the most, if not the most exciting running back in this entire draft class. We were going to see him down at Shrine Bowl, got a last minute invite to the Senior Bowl, decided to go to Mobile instead, um, which I believe is a little bit closer to where he's training anyway, because I think he's training down in Florida, if I remember correctly. So kind of makes sense. Um, you watch his tape in the morning, you won't even need coffee. Like it is, he is exceptionally explosive, balanced. He runs higher than a guy that his level of balance like should be able to run. <clears throat> um, kind of reminds me of, of Alvin Kamara in that way where like Alvin, like when he takes contact, like he, he's running up upright but he just kind of bounces off of dudes because he's so loose and so balanced. It's a very similar style where he's running upright, still bouncing off tackles, making insane jump cuts. We don't know if he's the same kind of receiver as Alvin. He was doing really, really well in the one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. It really wasn't fair. Some of the linebackers, they were matching up on him. So he was doing it there, but you know maybe we haven't seen it as much in game situations. Incredible talent at running back that you're probably going to get late day two, early day three, just because of positional value. And he's going to step right in and be a, a huge, huge contributor. Yeah, this is a guy that a lot of people are going to concentrate on his speed. And with good reason, he has very good speed. And he's played against top competition. A lot of his highlights are against top teams in the SEC, um, the ACC. This is not a, oh, he's a small school guy and he's really fast. Um you need to look deeper than that with him. The receiving still a question mark. We didn't see a ton of it at South Carolina, certainly not deeper down the field. So when we say Kamara, some people may, might be like, oh, he's a great receiver too. He might be. We really don't know. Um, there's a lot of guys like that come out of college, don't have that profile because their offense didn't do that a lot in college. But you need to dig deeper with him. Some of the cuts he makes going into the line against the most talented teams in the nation, against Georgia, against Florida, um, you know, against Alabama. That, that jump kind of against Georgia was... They don't look possible. In fact, I'm not really sure how his knees have held together. Uh, it doesn't look like he should be able to do that. Runs with great balance through contact. He does have good speed. He will run between the tackles. He's not afraid of it. Um, really, really special player. Again, he's a running back, so he's not going to go super high. Yeah. But... He's going to make a difference for – there's some offensive coordinator out there right now drooling over his tape going, oh, this is what I could do with that guy. And he's not the only one because some of the other running backs, uh, which we knew that they could run really hard, uh, Devontae Price from FIU, Damian Pierce from Florida. The Pierce tape is really, really fun to watch. Kind of like Michael Turner vibes but quicker in terms of build. Like he's built like a bowling ball, but he's really, really fast, really, really shifty. Uh, but he can protect, and that's the thing with, with Pierce and Price this week is they both have shown that they can really, really pass protect. Uh, Pierce ended the day yesterday. Um, they they kind of have like a, a, a three-rep competition at the end of practice where offense chooses one guy, defense chooses another guy, and, you know, they, they do like a best two out of three. And he won yesterday, uh, really, really stout in protection. Uh, Price, in terms of his one-on-ones, also really, really stout in protection, was handling spin moves. At his size, you know, he's going to be one of the bigger running backs, so protection, he, he better be able to do it, and he can. 
But yeah, overall, this this running back class at Senior Bowl is is really really exciting. Yeah, and they've got depth all the way down. Um, you've got um, Abram Smith and the Bama kids there, Robinson. Yeah, Brian Robinson, yeah. who had a great natty game. Uh, Rashad White's really interesting from Arizona State. Hassan Haskins is super talented physically from Michigan. Um, and Jerome Ford from Cincinnati is also there. And he he's a sort of, I don't want to call him change of pace because he's bigger than that, but he's more of a slasher. Um, still very, very talented running back group. Um, really interested. Running backs don't always get featured at all-star games, um, especially in the practices. I think both Shrine and Senior have done a better job this year of realizing that and running a few more one-on-one drills, especially in the passing game that the league wants to see. Uh, look, if you're going to be on the field in the modern NFL, you have to be able to play in the pass game, whether it's protection or receiving. Um, so we've seen a little bit more of that, but a wide variety of skills, really talented players, guys getting called up who are insanely talented, mm-hmm. which means the guy that was there first or you know maybe bagged out because of an injury or whatever else. A uh, lot of depth. And again, teams are going to be able to wait late and get offensive threats at running back. Uh, why don't we keep it? With the offense, we're talking about tight end. This is a ridiculous tight end class in terms of depth. A lot of guys here at Shrine that were super impressive. Uh, arguably even more at Senior Bowl <laughs> that are that are just as impressive. You know, I was trying to trying to figure out who I wanted to talk about here. And I, I I kept it to four names, which seems like a lot, but it's that's like the minimum I could bring up. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, Greg Dulcich. Uh, Trey McBride, Jeremy Rucker, these are four of the top six tight ends that will probably be drafted. You know, some teams will prefer certain things. Uh, Dulcich, stiffer than than some of the other guys, you know, Calcaterra, McBride, Rucker. But in terms of size, physicality, uh, he's very much like that big – you know, seam threat where it's like, fuck it, Greg's down there somewhere, like that kind of guy. And, again, it's not to say he's slow. He's just really, really big and like hard to get around for a safety. We've seen some safeties try to match up with him, and he'll win just with size. Yeah. You know, he could win with quickness and speed, but he doesn't even need it. Like he's he's so hard for a DB to get around. So he's gonna go just for that alone. Calcaterra is basically Mark Andrews 2.0, which love his game. He's going back to his time at OU. He was the guy that came after Andrews. And we were both like, okay, they just got another one. Um, Trey McBride, deceptively fast. I, I did not think that he was going to be as fast as he was. And then you're watching with the one-on-ones, you're like, oh, he's actually like running away from dudes. You know, Colorado or Colorado State, I should say. You know, they're not always playing powerhouses, and so it's easy to to look fast against some of the guys they play against. But you know, coming here against the best that college football has to offer and he's still running away from dudes i was like okay there, there's something there uh and then jeremy rucker like we know what he can do we, we knew even when he went back to ohio state that he he could have come out last year and been one of the three first tight ends taken absolutely and we didn't even get to guys like cole turner at mm-hmm. nevada who's carson strong's tight end or was carson strong's tight end charlie kohler who's another guy like dulcich that's six six can play post up all day long. Yeah. Um, he was Brock Purdy's tight end at Iowa State. Um, you know, we haven't even touched on those guys. And then um, Isaiah Likely, the guy from Coastal Carolina. There were three tight ends here at Shrine. This is a really, really talented tight end class. Like this is one of the strengths of the draft class for the first time in three or four years. And 
we're going to see a ton of production. And again, not every team needs a tight end. So they're not all going to get picked up high just because it's kind of like wide receiver in the last two years. Mm -hmm. There's so many talented wide receivers that you're going to get guys in the third and the fourth and the fifth that still had great pedigrees and a ton of potential. Tight end is that group this year, and we're seeing that at the Senior Bowl. Especially as teams really want to be able to run more 12 personnel to kind of counteract the smaller, lighter defenses that we're seeing around the league. You got all-pro linebackers playing at 215 these days, like... Teams kind of want to go back to, to doing, you know, big boy football, 12 personnel, 21 personnel. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you want to live in 22. Um, and so the, these guys are going to go earlier than people think because you need to have the ability to put 12 personnel in the field and run or pass competently. So these guys give them the ability to do that. You got wise, you got use, you got... H-backs, you got all of them. Yeah, you're going to be able to fill out your stable with this, right? If you have the small, fast tight end, you're going to be able to get the guy that's 6'6 and is a seam threat but is also able to block or vice versa. You got the tall guy that posts out really well. I'm thinking about the Cole Komets of the world. Um, You know, is decent down the seam, but you don't have that guy you can put in the slot and really threaten Mm -hmm. against a faster safety. They're here too. So you can sort of pick whatever you don't have. Uh, Why don't we get to receiver? You know, this is, it's not quite the same receiver class as, you know, say a couple years ago or even last year. Like, there's no Jamar Chase in this class. Mm. I mean, there's very... I got asked that on social media. They were like, so who's the Chase of this class? And I was like, there isn't one. Oh, you're spoiled. (laughs) There's not a Chase in every class. Mm -mm. Um, I mean, the last time there was a Chase, it was Julio Jones. Like, so it's it's a once every 10 year kind of class that we just had. That's not to say that this is not a good class. There's still a lot of dudes, and there's still a lot of dudes in Mobile that are going to be contributors from day one, just like there were at Shrine. You know, Kyle Phillips is going to be a guy. Josh Johnson is going to be a guy. Um, I will say, though, out out of this Senior Bowl receiver group, I was a little bit disappointed because they were dropping a lot of balls. Could be weather related. Who knows? But you are going to play in adverse weather conditions in the NFL, too. And there were, there were a lot of drops, especially on day one. There were a lot of drops that I felt were a little bit inexcusable, like not even tough catches. We're talking like simple back shoulder balls. You know, people were letting stuff into their body. It was, it was a little bit frustrating to me. There were some guys that stood out, but the entire group was not, was not showing out, in my opinion. The ones that were Calvin Austin, hard not to love him. Super fast, very small. You know, I think he's a buck seventy-three, and like five eight, five nine, <laughs> somewhere around. Might, might be generous. Um, yeah, he's ridiculously fast and quick. Like, yes. and that's he reminds me very much of Devonta Smith last year in terms of people saying, "Oh, he has light physical dimensions," but oh, he's not going to be able to deal with a jam. And I'm sort of flipping that on its head and saying. No, you're not going to be able to deal with him on the jam. If you try and jam him and miss, which most people do because he's so quick off They've the tried line. pressing him this week. It didn't work very well. You can't touch him, and he is going to run right by you. Uh, he's he's probably been the most consistent receiver, I would say, on the American team, which, again, is surprising because he's the smallest guy there, but he's also caught the most reliably. He's gotten open the most reliably. Um, another name I want to mention, uh, Khalil Shakir. You know, he's been showing what he can do this week on one-on-ones. Really, really 
uh, crafty route runner, I would say. Not as explosive as Austin, like not even close. Really, really good contested catcher, though, and that shows up on tape a lot. Um, I, I struggle to try to find a comp for him because I don't remember the last time I saw somebody with his body type that also wasn't the fastest and also wasn't the quickest, but caught everything. And I mean everything. Like he's he's a weird player, but a fun player. Yeah, he doesn't win in a typical way. If you watch his tape and you're expecting to see any other player, you're expecting to see a guy that's like this guy or the guy on your team. It's probably not him, uh, but he's a magnet. He comes down with so many footballs that he quote unquote shouldn't. Yeah. And in an atypical way. Uh, batting the ball to himself and catching it, um, catching it with one hand going out of bounds while turning around. Uh, he's just a he's a really odd study, but a fun player. And you're going to get the yards either way. Like as he completes that catch, even if he doesn't have a ton of yak ability, even if he's not the biggest guy to break tackles, um, you're still getting 15, 18, 20 yard completions, and he's catching just about everything. You talked earlier about the offense being well. Khalil's down there somewhere. Just huck it up, <laughs> and he'll get it. He probably will. Another guy I want to talk about is Christian Watson from North Dakota State because probably the most physically gifted receiver. Uh, Jalen Tolbert is 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 right there, but I think Watson moves better than Tolbert does. He's incredibly smooth. This is a guy that the you know the national champion NDSU Bison, um, big guy gave them a completely different dimension. That's typically a, a lineman factory ground and pound. I've seen great running backs. You saw Trey Lance come out and run behind that big line. Watson comes in. He's a freak. He's 6'4". He's well over 200 pounds. He's fast. He can go deep, silky smooth, great hands. Um, He showed what he could do in Mobile as well. Um, One of the guys that's in the mix to be the top guy drafted in this class. I was was actually stunned when I saw he was 6'4", 211. Like official measurement, 6'4", 211. He does not move like that at all. He he moves like a a 6'2", 200-pound, you know, Silky smooth, like you said, is the best way to describe it. Like he he does things with his lower half in terms of like disassociating his legs from his torso. Like it doesn't make sense the way he moves sometimes. It's that smooth. And for him to also be that big and that fast and that reliable in terms of catching the ball. And oh, by the way, he can run really good routes. He's a complete receiver. He is the complete package. You know, there's other guys that that I think probably came into this week you know, vying for like that number one receiver uh, title, Jahan Dotson for one, Absolutely. Um, you know, another senior bowl guy. But when you look at tools and skill set, like Christian Watson is, he's that dude. He's the guy you want at, we've talked about, or I've talked about 1A wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. The alpha, the guy you're going to put out there that you can expect to win every week. And we've seen teams in the NFL uh, even this season, struggle when they have that guy and he goes out. I'm thinking about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Devonta Adams really didn't miss any time, but when he does, that offense is completely different because you don't have that guy. You don't have the guy that you can always go to that can always win. And I think Christian Watson has that potential in the league. Yeah. he's To me, he's like Robert Woods, but bigger. And that should terrify people because Robert Woods is really, really good. Uh, why don't we get to offensive line? Which, this is a really fun group. Uh, I think this is one of the position groups where you, you look at Senior Bowl versus Shrine Bowl, and, like, it's not close. Like, it's not even remotely close. Size and size and size everywhere. The guards are 
crazy strong. Like, there's some really big DTs here at Mobile, and, like, the guards have been showing out, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start. Who's your guy that you've been watching offensive line this week? Because it's, it's hard to narrow it down. There's a lot. Um, Zion Johnson from Boston College. Yeah. Had, had a great day one. Teammate of, of, uh, of Lindstrom. Yeah, Alec like Lindstrom. His center is here. And Lindstrom played really well here at the Shrine Bowl. If Lindstrom had been at the Senior Bowl and nothing against him, I think he would have gotten shredded because the monsters on the other side of the line are just as big. Zion Johnson's held up for the most part. He's had his losses. Everybody gives wins and losses in these reps, but he has had some very shutdown performances. Looks every bit like a starting guard uh, in the NFL day one. That's a that's high praise. It's a hard thing to do against you know grown men on the other side who are 330 pounds and just coming for your lunch money. So uh, Dylan Parham is a name that a lot of people are not probably gonna know. He's Calvin Austin's teammate from Memphis. He's guard there. A bit more of a squatty body, not one of those super tall trees, but he too has shown the ability, people say sand in the pants, the ability to just drop butt and anchor. And against some, again, the top interior rushers in the class, in the nation. Um, And I think he's he's one of those guys that's done some things for himself in Mobile. Like more people are going to look at him in a different light after the, the reps he put up on tape. Did you see that reach block he had in the team period? Like he is quick. Yeah, he's not just a tree stump. He got his head around the rusher. Very hard thing to do. He got his helmet passed on a reach block, which if you are familiar with offensive line play, is not an easy thing to do. And not an easy thing to do against some of the quicks that we've seen from the big guys. Guys well over 300 pounds that have no business being as quick as they are. To be able to get your helmet out in front of that guy and then lock him down with that power, Dylan Parham's had a great week. Especially like as a center, because he's he's done snaps of both center and guard. Teams are trying him out. He's one of those guys where it's like you expect him to be good at one and not the other, and he's been exceptional at both. But doing that reach block as a center where you have to snap the ball and then get out, like that's it's harder than doing it than if you were a guard. Absolutely. And it's one of the most crucial skills that a center can have because it's literally the entire foundation of his own run game. And the fact that he showed he can do that against top, top, top level competition, dudes that are going to be starting in the NFL next year, that block alone is going to get him drafted a lot higher than it would have. Yeah, it made him some money. And it's always fun to see guys go out to any of these all-star games and really, you know, open eyes is one thing. Make people go back to the tape is another thing. The guys that are like, he might go around a full round higher than yeah. he would have because they had some questions and he answered them in such a definitive way that everybody's like, no, pencil him in. You're not going to be able to wait till when we thought we were going to get him. We're going to have to go up and get him if we want him as a player. Uh, Cade Mays is also worth a mention. I think he's had some really good reps in one-on-ones. Hasn't been as dominant uh, as Zion or, or, or Dylan Parham, but still I think acquitted himself well. And again, he's... Even during the regular season, he was playing against top-level competition. So there's there's plenty of tape there on him. Kind of speaks for itself. Two of the guys that I think people had um, not questions about, but were intrigued about, <laughs> were the two monsters, uh, Daniel Falele and uh, Trevor Penning, both gigantic, like six seven, six eight. Uh, Falele's three eighty seven. Penning, I think, moves a lot easier than Falele. Like he is a freak. He's going to test ninety seventh. 98th percentile uh, in terms of like athletic testing, you know, when we get all those numbers. 
and you see in the drills he's such an easy mover, but also not necessarily as technically refined. Um, you saw some dudes get under him, and he's kind of easy to get under because he's six seven. In terms of re-anchoring against like a long arm move into his chest from a guy who's six inches shorter than him. That can still be an issue. Same thing for Falele. Like 387, you, you would think that, that would never be on the ground. He's been on the ground multiple times this week from dudes just getting under him. So I think when teams look at these guys, they, they look more at tools right now than anything else. If they can learn how to protect their chest, because they're not used to getting bull rushed, if they can learn how to protect their chest, they're they're both going to be really good starting tackles in the league. Yeah, the arrogance of the rushers at the Senior Bowl has been impressive. Yeah. Um, Nobody's backing down, and and neither would you expect them to. But they have come for these guys, yeah. and you know, it, I think it surprised them a little bit because if you're that big, if you're six seven, six eight, and you're three eighty, you have super long arms and huge hands. And look, you're a really good athlete. We expected him to move a little less well than he did. The way he moves is unfair. He's going to be able to correct these things. He has good hands. He is athletic. His top and his bottom work together. A lot of the things that you typically don't see with a guy that big, that young. Um, he's got the skills, but people have just like not backed down. And like you said, they've rolled him a couple times. I think that's new for him. Um, another guy that's got a ton of tools that we need to talk about at tackles, Bernard Ryman. From Central Michigan. He's gotten wrecked this week, though. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. He has a longer <laughs> way to go than the other two, but somebody is still going to take him early. And, again, it's like the quarterback thing that we talked about earlier. Um, with guys like Colton Miller and Brian O'Neill, who had tools upon tools, and teams gambled on them, and they came out with a top-tier starting tackle. They saved their team tens of millions of dollars. Teams are willing to take that risk, and somebody's going to take the risk on Ryman because there's just not many guys built like him. Yeah. Now, you're talking about guys that made money or lost money. He's probably cost himself some dollars. Well, I don't know because, again, in the drills, you see the movement skills, and you're like, God, it's, he's so athletic. And then you get to the one-on-ones, and you're like, God, we have so much work to do. <laughs> yeah, he's got to work on his hands. He's got to work on protecting his chest for sure. He's got to work on re-anchoring, which a lot of tall, athletic guys have to do. So don't write him off. You're going to see some ugly drill performances. Um, but you're going to see that for the other guys too, not as yeah. many. But there's this is a talented tackle class with some legitimate freaks that are, you know, I think Falele is bigger than any starting NFL tackle right now. Other than maybe Trent Brown, who's 6'8". And I think when Trent Brown maxed out, he was 380. Right. And he's coming into the league still 7 pounds heavier than that. And believe it or not, he was 25 pounds heavier than this when he got to Minnesota. He came in at 6'8", 4'10", as a freshman. And can still move. That's the unfair part is you see those numbers and you say, oh, well... We know what we're going to do against this guy. And then you see him out there pivoting and shooting his hands and huge long arms, big strong punch. And you're like, that's just not fair. You know, how do you beat Superman? And, you know, some of the rushers have found a way, but he's going to find a counter. He's he's too good not to. Yeah. Uh, and the three best tackles in this class might not even be here. Correct. You know, the NC State kid, uh, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, who's... <laughs> we'll be talking about Charles. If you don't know Cross now, you're going to yeah, in the next few months. <laughs> He's crazy. He's crazy good. Uh, okay, I think that wraps it up for offense. Why don't we go to defense? Stars of the show this week. We kind of alluded to it. The edge class. These guys are mean. They're talented. 
And they came to Mobile to send a message, which is that they cannot and will not be blocked. And so far, they really haven't been. Uh, I, there's almost too many to name. Jermaine Johnson is a freak show. He's probably had the best week of anybody at any position here. Like That was all anybody was talking about was Jermaine Johnson. Um, Sanders from Cincy. Robinson from uh, Miami, Ohio, right? Uh, Boye Mafe, who is Falele's teammate, also... Really, I mean, he's just a ball of butcher knives coming off the edge. Reminds me a lot of like Whitney Merciless in terms of skill set, where he's not the most bendy guy, but he's got really long arms, really good hands. Uh, he's explosive, he's powerful, you know, plays with great technique. Tyreek Smith, as if Ohio State could go a year without <laughs> sending a really good edge player to the NFL. Um, and then, uh, Arbel, oh god, I'm gonna struggle with this name, I apologize in advance, Arnold. Uh, Abikiti. Abikiti. Okay. I will get that down by draft night, I promise. Yeah, you can just call him AK for short. His teammates call him AK for short, and with good reason. He is a weapon and uh, one of the more bendy. If you like bendy in this class, um, Abikiti from Penn State, again, one of those athletic freaks that they turn out on the regular but has a tremendous amount of bend and is really, really fast. 6'2", 250. Which I know people say, ah, 6'2", that's too short. He has 34-inch arms. Yeah. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. He, and, again, tape against really good tackles. Um, Penn State had plenty of high-quality opponents and just ran right around some of them. Ran through others. Again, it's not a one-trick pony. Um, but there's just, like you said, this is a... This is kind of like a quiver full of arrows, and it's just like pick one, you know, pick the guy, Mafe, who's got really long arms, plays with power, not as much bend, but just pushes people with long arm moves all the time. Jermaine Johnson, people have said, on a mission, like both days, ran through some of the top guys, just stood right up and ran through the tackles. Um, uh, Kingsley Enigbare from South Carolina has been winning on the regular, uh, and then you add that to the interior pressure you move inside on the defensive oh. line and it just goes up again. So there are a lot of weapons for defensive coordinators in Mobile. I'm sure they're drooling. The big story for me this week, you know, cause kind of, you know, all of draft media and a lot of NFL fans, they've been, Oh, I want to see, I want to see if you can do it. Ah, all right. Stealth LaCroix open Yes, mid podcast. Um, you know, a lot of draft media has been on, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson. Like, who's the top edge in this class? And rightfully so. This week, I think Jermaine Johnson threw his hat in the ring of like, oh, by the way, I exist. Because he, he beat everybody. And he was beating a better slate of tackles than I think you could argue Thibodeau or Hutchinson faced this year. And, and he was doing it against everybody. Like, the best college football had to offer, and he was roasting them. Yeah, and again, I'm sure everybody would love to choose an edge in the first, but not every team has that luxury. There are other holes that they're going to need to fill. Some teams need quarterbacks. Some teams need those 1A wide receivers. Some teams need corner. So there's just so many guys in this class that guys that in any other year, quote-unquote, should go in the first round are going to be available in the top of round two. Right? And it's going to start to empty out by the end of round two, but you're going to get some of these guys who the word in Mobile has been, oh, this guy's pushing for the first round. 
Uh, Abe Cady is one of those guys. There's 50 guys pushing for the right. first round, right? <laughs> pushing for the first round, but there's a lot of talented guys here, and you know we haven't even got to like the Amari Barnos mm-hmm. and the sort of uh, more unique physical profiles. So just a really good year. If you like watching edge rushers, you got a cornucopia of talent this year to sort of dig into, and it'll keep you busy till draft day. Uh, why don't we talk about those interior guys that you mentioned? Um, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, like we knew he was really good because everybody on Georgia is really good. Yeah, he came here and and showed that he has, what's the word, unnatural quickness yep. for, for a guy who's 300 plus pounds. Like it, it was almost kind of embarrassing sometimes the way that he was beating dudes. And he's not just a penetrator in team. He was holding the point of attack, you know, kind of doing the, the stack shed uh, you know, gap and a half stuff that Georgia does because he is really, really stout. But you package that strength with the quickness, you know, with the with the hand skills. Like he's got everything. Like he is like the ideal three technique. Uh, you could probably play him at four eye too if you wanted to because they did that at Georgia a lot. He's that dude for me in this class in terms of interior defensive line talent. You know, Jordan Davis is also that dude, but in a completely different role. But in terms of like the 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 guy that can play anywhere from like a head up two out to a five, Devontae Wyatt's that guy. Yeah, you said it with quickness. Uh, we talked about the reach blocks for the interior offensive linemen. We talked about how good they are going up against those very same guys, those super talented guys who can do that. The the defensive line equivalent of a reach block is the, the ability to sidestep a gap, a full gap, mm-hmm. or a gap and a half. And he did it a couple of times this week like that at 305, which is unnatural it's it's just absurd amount of quicks for a guy that has power can play with hands can hold gaps and then he just steps up and goes yoink and you're like uh how do you do that against players who are again the most talented in the nation and the scary thing about Wyatt is he might not be the most talented interior defensive tackle here on his own team even well in terms of total class but in terms of guys here, I mean, Perry and Winfrey also is in the running for most talented guy. I think he's stronger than Wyatt, not as quick. Um, but, like, he was he was just running through people. Like, that was his move. And it's more like, I'm going to bull rush you until you guys prove you can stop it. And not, not too many, <laughs> not too many people could. Uh, Otito Ogbonia is more of a nose, I would say. But he's quick enough where you could give him some snaps at three. Um, you know, if you if you are a defensive coordinator that likes to do what's called stemming the line, where like last minute shifts, where your three becomes your one and your one becomes your three, he can do that because he is quicker than your average nose. But he's three twenty five and just has sticks of dynamite for hand. We saw him at UCLA practice live and in person. Got about three reps in the bag drills, and we were both like, "Yep, yeah, that's the guy." <laughs> yeah, he's he's carried that automobile this week. He has absolutely bull rushed people into oblivion. Yeah. Like, yeah. just stood up and pushed them straight back into the the player that's simulating the quarterback in the defensive line drills. Very very powerful player. A lot of people have said his name this week. Another name that came up that was uh, it was on my list, but down my list is Travis Jones, the DT for UConn. Oh, God, he's so strong. Oh. He looks like a legitimate bear. <laughs> yes. Like you see him against very talented. UConn had some high quality opponents, uh, and you see him against guys again that are you know hey, Clemson. That's the top center yeah. for Clemson, yeah. and he literally grabs the guy and goes shuff, 
and goes towards the quarterback. Uh, he a lot of times we say, "Oh, that guy looks smaller than that," or "That guy looks bigger than that." I legitimately would have said he was about six four, probably three thirty five, three forty. He measured out at six three, three twenty, and he is an absolute square cut block. And the stuff he does, the stuff he did to the middle of Clemson's offensive line. Go back and watch that tape. He just like was pushing guys out of the way, like with I would say without a lot of technique. And making about a two-yard space and, like, come to me running back. He, he's clubbing 300-pound dudes out of the way with one arm. Yeah. yeah. Just a beast. So he's had a tremendous week. Again, one of those guys that sort of opened a lot of eyes. People are going to go back to that tape, look against the high-quality opponents, and say, what do I really have here? Because Travis Jones, I don't think, just because of everybody else we've talked about, is going to go high and a little bit of positional value depression thrown in there right you can get noses later on travis jones has got to come in and start right now in the nfl and that's impressive he might be the guy that affects jordan davis's draft stock more than anybody because a lot of teams are going to be like well we really love jordan davis but Mm -hmm. if we take you know this receiver here we might be able to get travis jones on the way back and like there's going to be multiple teams that think that way. And this is, I mean, that's not even counting the noses that are here. Like Noah Ellis doing doing one-legged, um, one-legged press with nine plates. Yeah, just casually <laughs> dropped that fact when we were talking to him about his workout. And I, I asked him about his explosion and how he generated that. And uh, because his dad played in the league as well uh, and was his defensive line coach. And he he talked about that and he said, you know, I I do this exercise and I do this exercise and I I work on quickness. And, you know, uh, I've broken some of my dad's records, he said, with a little smile in his eye about weightlifting. And then just casually dropped the fact that he does one leg presses with nine plates. And he's 6'4", 366, I think. Uh, he's down a little bit. He played at 367 and 370 this year. We asked him about one game, and we were like, well, what weight did you play in that game? He kind of smiled. He said, actually, he's extremely soft-spoken for a giant of a man. And he said, actually, I was, I was 370 in that game. <laughs> and we were like, it's just it – it's – it sets you back. We see big football players all the yeah. time. We've been, on, we've been lucky enough to be on the field this week. You're walking through <laughs> Towers of tackles. You're seeing six, seven tight ends who can run like deer. Um, you see all different kinds of body types sitting next to that guy. I honestly like felt gravity and felt like I had to. Move. I was worried for the chair. I was extremely worried for the chair. And he's in great shape, but he he just casually drops that he's doing one leg presses with nine plates. I I honestly think I said to you that would probably tear my hip out. Like my oh, leg would just, would just eject out of my body. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm doing that with one leg. Um, just, they're all amazing. And sometimes we forget how amazing, how big, how strong, how fast. And we've seen that all week in Mobile, the tackles, the interior D lines, the edge rushers, some of the wide receivers, the tight ends, and Charlie Kohler's six, six, and he just takes off and you're like, okay. Standing next to Jelani Woods was, and I've never felt like I was a completely different species than another human being before I stood next to Jelani Woods and I was like, no, we're not the same. And the crazy thing is... You're better than me in every way. <laughs> like, you came from somewhere else. You're different. But the events, these events as well, when you're walking around, you see them, like, quote unquote, in real life. Like they're going to meetings or they're coming to interviews or whatever. We saw Jelani Woods multiple times walking around Luxor, which was the, the sort of team hotel, just in sweats and slides, you know, shorts. 
And he's still, I mean, a lot of times you put a guy in pads, helmet on the field, and you're like, whoa, just walking around with a cup of Starbucks in his hand, that guy's like, who is that? And it's funny because it was like a venti, and he made it look like a tall in his hand. Like, Oh, my God. Uh, why don't we talk about linebacker a little bit? This is one of <laughs> – I use the term weaker loosely because this is a great senior bowl class. Um, but in terms of not as much depth in this line, like I think it's very, very high on the top end, and then it kind of falls off a little bit um, at linebacker. But two of the guys that have stood out to me the most, uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming, who's a monster, um, basically the same as uh, Logan – oh, God, Wilson. Logan Wilson – from Wyoming, but bigger and faster. So that should scare a lot of people because Wilson was great coming out. Uh, and then Aaron Hansford from A&M has stood out to me in the one-on-ones in terms of coverage ability. You know, I think he's he's a little bit lighter, you know, smoother. He's, he's the undersized, quote-unquote, linebacker that teams look for in, in today's day. Um, but the ability to lose on the release – you know, get head faked into oblivion, but then wheel around and recover on a deep seven against a running back that runs four four five. Yeah, that's that's a valuable trait for a linebacker, and he did it. So I I think he made a lot of money this week as well. Yeah, Moom is my guy. I think he's very similar to Logan Wilson, and as you know, if you follow bootleg, Wilson was one of my ten gems on defense. Um, Mooma's I I think all that in a bag of chips. Like he's <laughs> excellent in pass coverage. He hits. He's technically sound as a linebacker. He has very good eyes. Um, one of the guys I've been impressed with this week is Darian Beavers, the interior linebacker from Cincinnati. He is uh, he is like a Vrabel linebacker if I've ever yeah. seen one. Like um, reminds me a lot of Derek Barnes last year uh, at Senior Bowl, but like is big, is solid, will hit, and you think, well, that guy plays between the hashes. Right, and then he can stretch it out to the edges on running backs. Uh, he can rush the passer. They slide him up, rush him off the edge on passing downs. Has some of that versatility, and is just a big, explosive football player. Um, and that's not even counting the top guys who are not here because they're going to get drafted really high. The Devin yeah. Lloyd's of the world and the Kobe Deans, and so overall, the class has a lot of interior linebacker talent. Um, and we've seen that this week in Mobile. I think with Beavers, you know, Vrabel's going to look at him and say, okay, what if we took Kyle Van Noy and then added 25 pounds? Yeah. And that's Beavers. Yeah. You know, I, and which people will be like, okay, well, then he's Dante Hightower. It's like, I agree, but he moves better than Dante did. He looks like Dante Hightower from a physical, if you just look at him in pads on the field, like the, the profile he cuts, that's the first guy I thought of was like, that guy looks like Dante Hightower. What can he do? Um, a the lot. Ans- the answer is a lot. <laughs> that's, the, that's the answer. Uh, let's talk about DB. You know, probably the two highest profile, at least most intriguing corners. Uh, Roger McCurry from Auburn, who is so much fun to watch on tape. Uh, and then Tariq Woolen, who is... I don't even think Freak does it justice. Like his his recovery speed is not normal. It's very much like a, a Caleb Farley type athletic profile where like even when he's beat, he's not beat because he can gain so much ground so quickly. Uh, he was the top speed in Mobile this week so far, at least. I don't have the speed data for day three, but twenty two point seven miles an hour in one hundred ones is serious business. Like he is fast. 
If you don't know Tariq Woolen, and you might not because he played at U- UTSA, yeah, uh, University of Texas San Antonio, is a roadrunner, and they won the conference championship this year. But if you're not, if you don't follow that league, you might not know that. But Bruce Feldman, who works in college football for the Athletic, puts out a list every year called Bruce Feldman's Freak List, and it's guys that in fall training have put up athletic testing numbers that are. Uh, not average. And Tariq Woolen was on that list, rightfully so. He's fully 6'3", over 200. I think he's 205, and he runs a 4'3'5". Like, height, weight, speed, that's going to get you on any list. But then he's got length as well. He's got very long arms, and he's physical. One of my favorite things about tall corners is he will come in and absolutely wacky. UTSA played him at safety um, as well. And this is a guy that you can put out on the corner – one-on-one because even if he gets beat he's going to recover against guys in the league who have speed he's going to help in your run game just a tremendous player that people should be aware of he's a name that's going to come out of mobile with a lot more buzz i really want him at free safety because somebody that long can't have him that long that rangy like oh you're never going to throw to the seams again because you just can't. You can't have him. He's going to be the he's going to be the other corner in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're you're all the way in. You're that far in on if him. If you put Jalen Johnson on one side and Tariq Woolen on the other, <laughs> like just start there. Like yeah. fill in the safeties. You're okay. So <laughs> slot's yeah. going to have a long day because that's where all the targets are going. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, let's talk about Roger McCurry a little bit. Still a great athlete. Not as long. He is. One of the better corners I've seen in recent years in terms of playing through the catch. Never gives up. Again, he'll be out of phase a lot as well. But it's almost like he's just baiting because he knows that he can get there quickly and play through the hands. Like there was a God, I think it was the LSU game where, you know, he's he's playing bail technique into a deep third and they run a bender inside of him. He's five yards outside the receiver when the ball's being released. And he still plants, recovers, plays with his hands, break it up. Like that, that's a touchdown 99% of the time. And he broke it up. There's a lot of Roger McCurry tape that you look at and you say, oh God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it makes you really anxious. You're like, he's just going to get beat all day. He made the play. <laughs> and you go back and you're like, at the separation point, at the, at the snap point of that route, he's a yard and a half behind a very fast receiver from... You name it. LSU, Florida, Bama. I mean, he's played against all the top guys. Jameson Williams, everybody. And he looks, like you said, out of phase, like he's going to get beat. And he routinely comes back and make the play, which is really odd because he does not have long arms. We just talked about Tariq Wollin, who has this crazy athletic profile. McCurry's 5'10", 5'11". About 29-inch arms. Just about... 200 pounds, which is fine for corner. Like, that's good size. But he has really short arms and a really short wingspan. And you see him behind all the time in routes. And you think, this is terrible. Except he always wins. And it's just one of those guys you kind of want to watch to confirm. Like, is he going to keep doing it? And, like, day one of the Senior Bowl, people are like, nope, he kept doing it. So just check the box. I learned my lesson with Trey White on this, who is similar size, similar kind of player. For sure. Um... And I was like, okay, yeah, he'll he'll be a nickel in the league because he's really quick. Um, and I was like, I, I don't know if he'll be able to, to win late as much in the pros as he did in college. And then Trey White comes in and immediately does the exact same thing to all pro caliber receivers. I kind of learned my lesson on that one. I'm like, you know what? 
it worked for him in the SEC. It could probably work for him in the NFL. Uh, I I'm in on him until I'm proven wrong. Yep. Really, really good player. Um, safety. We'll round it off with that. Jalen Petre from from Baylor, probably the guy at safety here. I would imagine. Comes from uh, you know that Ron Roberts Dave Aranda system where safeties have to do literally everything. A lot. A lot. Like they ha- like the the, the defense is arguably built around the safety's ability to be everywhere at all times you know where you're playing like 505 up front spill and kill all that kind of stuff like well guess who's doing the killing it's the safeties from depth from depth and you know they're playing a lot of quarters so he's taking a lot of receivers and man coverage and he showed up a senior bowl and did all that and more and he looked like he was still in the big 12 dominating people and he's dominating you know some of the most talented players in the entire nation here I don't want to say he's Javon Holland because it's unfair at this point to put that kind of expectations on people, but I get very similar vibes in terms of versatility and range and hitting ability. Like it's, he might be my Javon Holland this year in terms of safeties that are undervalued that I really, really like. Yeah. Petra is one of those guys that a lot of times people say, well, what can you really get out of an all-star game? Right. It's, you know, new teammates and quickly installed systems and, you know, a lot of pressure, a strange environment. Uh, We can have weather, you know, what can you really get? And you can see movement skills for sure. You can see the ability to grasp information pretty quickly. You can see the ability to physically compete one-on-one in a lot of these drills to hit, to cover. Uh, And a lot of people say, look, it's just to confirm what you saw on tape, Mm -hmm. right? Is this right? Or is this wrong? Should I go back? Should I look more? And I think Literally by the end of day one, people were like, Jalen Petrie confirmed. He's good. He's good. Right? We <laughs> thought he was good on tape. He looked good on tape. He had a primary role in his defense in a you know competitive conference. Came here against top talent without all the sort of familiarity of that and did everything at a very high level. Like, check. That's the guy. And Petrie earned his check. Yeah. He... he I don't want to say he made money this week because he already was... Yeah, he kept know. money. He just... He maintained and, yeah. you know, put put GMs at ease of like, yeah. if we need to absolutely not miss on a pick, <laughs> Jalen Petrie is the guy. Yeah, feels very safe. And again, uh, a very valuable skill set in the NFL, right? Yeah. You need do everything safeties. You need guys who can cover running backs out of the backfield, who we talked about being very quick. Got to be able to pick up some kind of wide receiver in the spread, sometimes mm-hmm. a big guy, sometimes a fast guy. Got to be able to fill from depth with all the too high. That's very common in the league. Peter can do all that. So not a guy that is going to be system specific, going to be a guy you can plug into most systems and say, yep, he has that skill. Hell of a class. Like this, this senior bowl group might be the best they've ever had. And that's saying a lot. Uh, so a credit to Jim Nagy for recruiting and putting together these rosters. This is really, really a special group. I know it's been kind of unique circumstances over the last two years that kind of led to this class being so deep in terms of deeper than normal, but it was to the Senior Bowl's benefit, you know, getting all these guys under one roof literally today because they're inside. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I think it's been a very, very intriguing group, and uh, I really can't wait for the draft because I think there's probably 60-plus guys uh, here or not here, there in Mobile that are going to be top hundred picks. Yeah, I would say probably more than that. It's extremely strong class. 
if I had one wish, it's just that it would be longer, right? That we could see more of these reps because you see three or four good reps and you're like, man, that's great. And you just want to see them against each individual player on the other side because they too are very special. So big shout out to Nagy and his staff down in Mobile for putting together an extremely strong class, um, filling the holes with the replacements with guys that, you know, in any other year probably would have been a a sort of first ballot invitation uh, to Mobile a real treat for anybody in draft media to be able to look at all these guys on one field and see so many of them doing it at a high level. So um, just candy for those of us that, that really dig this. So with that being said, we're going to get out of here because it is, uh, I don't know, what is it, like nine? No, yeah, nine in the morning, and we got to get ready to go over to Allegiant. Time is a construct. Uh, we're in Vegas. <laughs> we've been here for a week, and it feels like we've been here for a month. It's amazing what happens in Vegas. Uh, So we're going to get ready to go over to Allegiant for the game. Uh, We will have a Super Bowl preview show coming relatively soon, as soon as we can record it and edit it. Uh, But we got a whole week to drop that. So uh, annual Super Bowl special coming quick. And then we are full on into draft mode after that for the next three months. Lots more to come. Remember to go to Clips Channel because we're going to be dropping, uh, you know, prospect interviews that we did over there. Some of them are really, really spectacular. And if you're a patron... You're going to get them a couple days early. So keep an eye out for that if you're a patron watching this and listening to this right now. And uh, until then, we'll see you guys very soon. Later. Take care.